morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Kirk Herbstreet Kirk Street being paraded around having to apologize is a crock of BS. Some of you just can't handle the truth. The only way Michigan doesn't get destroyed by Ohio State is to wave a white flag. Hi, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. The Corona Bro needs to shut up. The Corona Bro sat there and cried all freaking summer. He cried with all of y'all. Said they shouldn't play football. It's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. Now you all want to go out there and say you got to play football. Sorry that you don't like the truth there, guy, but uh, that's what's going on in the world of college football. I lost my virginity to my cousin, Jeannie. <laughs> it was my Uncle Murray's funeral. We were all back at my Aunt Barbara's house, our eyes locked over the pickled herring. We never meant for it to happen. <laughs> to this day, I can't look at pickled herring without being aroused and ashamed. <laughs> Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Yeah, the Armchair. Yeah, the Armchair. Yeah, the Armchair. Yeah, I'm not wrong. Are, are you confused? You, are you think that Herb Street should be apologizing? You're damn right he should. Did 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 you actually watch it? Did you actually? Yeah, I actually heard the yeah. comments, and I mean, all he said was that it's a possibility they could wave the flag, and then Ohio State wouldn't have the six that is needed to qualify. What's wrong with that? Okay, because he didn't say Jim Harbaugh called and told me that they're going to sit this out just because they know they can't beat Ohio State. He just laid out a scenario that but he insinuated, is truthful. But he insinuated that they would. And oh, by the way, let's us not forget, Kirk Herbstreit is an Ohio State alum. So that's where this is coming from. Okay? And then also he insinuated that Florida State did something wrong because they didn't say the name, but they but we knew who the hell they were talking about. They they insinuated that Florida State purposely did not play that game. Well, if that were the case, then why did the ACC change their protocols over the weekend? Because it was the ACC who is who's the one that came out and said that they're no longer going to wait until the day of for these tests. These tests are going to come in the night before. So that so that was an issue in itself. And why is Kirk Herbstreit butthurt about that? Do you do you know Kirk Herbstreit's tied to all this, Justin? Well, his son plays at Clemson. He's got two sons that play at Clemson, so he's butthurt about the whole thing. But the regardless. He sits on a national media. It's still state. a truthful fact that he Michigan could national, sit out of it and it's going to cost national, Ohio State. There's sits, nothing wrong with he it. He sits on a national media stage and gets butt hurt because he thinks that they may not play because of the coronavirus. This is also the jerk off that cried on national television, what was it, two months ago about the coronavirus. Teared, teared up. Couldn't believe they were playing. 
five months ago said they shouldn't play at all. And now he wants to come back and say, well, you're damn right they should play. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. That's He's, he's talking out both sides of his damn mouth. I'm not taking his and stance. I'm saying the need for his apologize. I'm ridiculous. sick and tired of hearing Kirk Herbstreet and his BS. I used to be a fan of his. Now I'm going to call a spade a spade. The guy is a phony-ass liar. He is a liar. Reese Davis is a liar. They're, they're both phony as hell. And we had to sit here and watch this to the entire pandemic. About how, oh, war, woe is me. We can't play college football. But now they both want to sit up there and pound their chest and say, well, you got to play it. You got to play it no matter what. What 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 if there is an outbreak? You cannot have it both ways. You can't be you cannot be Dr. Fauci 2.0 on 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 uh, Saturdays. But on Tuesdays, come, you, you need to play come hell or high water. You're not listening to me. You're missing my whole point. So we'll move on and agree to disagree on this one. I could care less if they play the game or not. I mean, if they don't play it, I think it's hilarious that Ohio State will get screwed. It'll put Indiana in it. So uh, the point is that he's having to be apologized because of the speculation of his opinion. I don't understand why you have to do that. That's the point being made right there. Um, his opinion is they might not play it. Nice. So what? Because, because when you work for ESPN – and you shoot your mouth off, and basically, basically, what did he do? What, what did Kirk Herbstreit do in the grand scheme of things? He stuck his foot in his mouth. And when you stick your foot in your mouth, you have to go back and apologize because you you work for a national company. I mean, right? He just said what's been floated out there, and I mean, he shouldn't have said it, probably. But then I think it's ludicrous that he has to apologize for it. Well, I mean, I it's, ca- it. it's called adulting. I mean, he 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 has to go out there and apologize for it because he made a mistake. He should not have said what he said because there was no basis for him to insinuate that that Michigan was going to back out of the game. They did not say they weren't going to play. No, the game's in two weeks. It was it was just it was really off base for him to insinuate that they were already heading that direction. And first of all, let's go ahead and call call it what it is. Even if that game isn't played, the Big Ten's going to change the rules and put Ohio State in. They they already did it with the ACC to, to put all that to rest. I don't know if you saw that news yesterday or not, but the ACC changed their rules on how to get to the ACC championship game. So they eliminated a game. So this coming weekend is both Notre Dame and Clemson's last game, assuming Clemson wins. Um, if Clemson were to lose, then I I think they're they have a situation where they couldn't end up playing an extra week because they're trying like hell to have a Clemson Notre Dame part two. That's all the ACC cares about. They don't give a damn about having Miami in there. They don't want to have anyone else in there. They they want Clemson ACC part two. And so, um, anyways, I didn't mean to jump all over you. I'm jumping all over Herb Street. Because I'm getting tired of he, his rhetoric. He's such a damn phony. He is such a phony. You cannot sit out there all summer and talk about how important it is and how they shouldn't even be playing the football during the coronavirus and that it's too dangerous and this and that and cry. He cried on national television twice. Twice this summer we had to watch him cry. Once because of the George Floyd incident that had nothing to do with what he was involved in months after it happened. He, he just likes to have the stage. And then and then the second time was, well, actually, I think it was actually the first time where he, he was crying and weeping because of the coronavirus. 
and that you know, oh, it's it's taking it. I don't know why we're risking our lives. It's it's gonna be terrible. And then in December, when the numbers are spiking, get out there and play come hell or high water. You know, I've always stood on the fact that they should be out there trying to play, but you can't have it both ways, Herb Street. That's and that's. I guess I'm just fed up with him. And Reese Davis has come has came off as a condescending ass for the last uh, several weeks. And I'm just kind of I'm, I'm kind of sick of his shtick. I really wish that um, they would move on from him because I I just I don't see the appeal of Reese Davis. Uh, you know, Herb Street I get he's good at calling the games, but Reese Davis is going to be cutting, he's turning into like a bitter old old man. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but I've I've watched the transformation over the last few weeks. Or excuse me, last few years. In the last several weeks, he's it's been it's been heightened with that. When when he goes out, I mean, look if her if Davis is having to to say, let me get y'all to explain where you're coming from, because I'm not gonna. What, what was his last words? Uh, I'm I'm not gonna allow you to to sit up here and accuse Michigan. Da 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 da. And then Herb Street doubles down. That's why Herb Street had to apologize. Uh, I just. I find the whole hypocrisy of the Big Ten laughable. I mean, let's go back to Kevin Warren. And, uh, you know, it's unsafe to play, but it uh, doesn't stop his own family from uh, signing up for Mississippi State. So, you know, <laughs> hypocrisy well, at its finest. Well, he, Trickles down, I guess, in the Big Ten. I don't know how that guy is going to survive more than a couple of years. You know, he, he, he was their groundbreaking hire because he was the first African-American uh commissioner in the Big Ten. So the, they don't want to fire him right away, but he has done a terrible job. A terrible job. Both on a PR front, and then of what you just mentioned on the PR front, and then just a logistics standpoint of it. And He he basically ruined the, the, the entire Big Ten football season. There was no reason why they, they had to wait as, as long as they did to get rolling. It made less sense that if you're going to be worried about the virus shutting games down, et cetera, et cetera, you would start earlier. Everybody knew or everyone was pretty sure there was going to be a spike around this time of year like we're seeing right now because it's flu season. And I don't know what the difference is between a coronavirus and a regular virus and whether or not their their swabs can even detect this, right? So when you're seeing this spike, I don't know if it's a good old fa- – I think, I, I think we've gotten rid of the good old-fashioned flu. I think it's just now everything is the coronavirus now. Um, but anyways, we'll go ahead and take a quick break and, uh, I'll, I'll apologize to, uh, Justin and everyone else out there, uh, during the break and then we'll come back and, uh, be civil again. <laughs> I'm just really, I, the, those two have made me mad to no end. And that's, and that's where I, where I'm coming from. We'll be back in a flash on there. I'm sure quarterbacks. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. 
Kick off fall and kick off happiness with Schaffer Hopper Grapefruit and Pomegranate Beer. Log on to kickoffhappiness.com for your chance to win a cool custom cooler with Schaffer Hopper swag, including your favorite team's jersey. Look for the Schaffer Hopper displays at your local retailers for great savings on Schaffer Hopper Grapefruit and Pomegranate. And learn more about the sweepstakes at kickoffhappiness.com. See site for official rules. Must be 21 or older. Brewed and bottled in Germany. Imported by Radeberger Group USA. Norwalk, Connecticut. Always enjoy responsibly. Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is, learn how to play the acoustic guitar, and I guess get a puka shell necklace. Do a makeup tutorial but realize halfway contouring is hard, and you're beautiful just as you are. Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats, produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. The Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, the only name you need to remember in sports talk radio. Weekday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, CBS Sports Radio, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop-making, lane-change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Riding shotgun here with you with uh, Justin and uh, Sean O'Toole will be on the way in a few minutes. Uh, Justin, you'll probably get a kick out of this. Uh, Debbie sent us a message that said, no one apologized. That was awesome. And, sh- and you know the gif where uh, Michael Jackson's eating popcorn? That's yes. What, that's what was sent to us. So <laughs> I guess we entertained someone this morning. Um I'll just wait till we pour the gas on the fire when Sean joins us. <laughs> He'll probably show up in a hazmat. Because it opened Pandora's box, and I mean, I'll just go ahead and be the irresponsible one and talk about it, but uh, it's not a bad strategy. I mean, I get it from the Ohio State perspective. You're worried about it, and you want to get in, and it's pretty shady, and it throws some shade on Michigan. But, I mean, really, do you need to limp through another beatdown against Ohio State. I mean, you're going to get a prequel. You're getting the prequel this weekend. You're going to see Ohio State just murder Michigan State. So, I mean, do you really want to be number two? Well, um, maybe Michigan think- State wises up and plays drops out this week. <laughs> you know, we've talked about uh, quite a bit that uh, we all believe that Harbaugh is going to get shown the door one way or the other. Either he's going to step down, however it's going to happen. This is last year in Michigan. But he's probably trying to look to go to the NFL ranks. You think that's a good optic for him wanting to go into the NFL ranks and make it look like that they are purposely trying to dodge Ohio State when he's going to try to go into an NFL locker room next year and try to tell them this and that. And, they, and you, look, this isn't the kind of stuff that gets swept under the rug, especially nowadays. Social media, you know, memes, gifts, all that stuff. I think it's. I just don't think. I don't think Harbaugh would would want to uh, to go out like that because Harbaugh doesn't seem like the type that's scared. 
he may not be he, you might be right they might have no shot in hell of beating him but i don't think he's ever been scared i don't think they voluntarily are saying i'm scared and i want to do this i think this comes from the mindset of you've got to understand the rivalry between the state of michigan and the state of ohio these two states completely hate each other they don't repeat the words inside the territory of their own borders they they do not like each other so Honestly, I, I'm telling you, it's went in through folks' head, and if it hasn't, then uh, they don't truly understand the, the rivalry. It's not about, oh, I'm scared we're going to get the, the brake speed off of us. It's, uh, hey, this is the middle finger, and you can't play for a championship. Enjoy that. Um, I, I honestly think it's an interesting and strategic take. I would just now, whether the coaching staff will do it or not, it's absolutely work. ludicrous. I don't think Harbaugh would go along with it, but – Man, I would love to see it happen. I think it would be awesome. Hey, you remember the time that Michigan didn't beat Ohio State, but they did keep them from the Big Ten Championship, so technically it would be Jim Harbaugh's only win against Ohio State. I think he should take it and ride off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I get that, and, in, and if this was a video game, I think it would work, but it's not going to work because oh, the Big Ten will just, just change the rules. The Big Ten will just change the rules. Absolutely. And then and – then, and then, Michigan's going to look like that they were trying to pull something that didn't work and that it's going to be a big joke and a meme, and I think they're better off just playing the game. It's all a uh, distraction. Michigan State's going to come could, with the haymaker this weekend. It's assumed <laughs> that Ohio State's going to just beat, beat them to a pulp. But what if you upset Ohio State? That's something you can hang your cap on. That is something Harbaugh can walk out the door with and say bye. I'm on my way to wherever, but here's your win against Ohio State. And that's also something that could help with recruiting, or even a close game if you keep it close. It's not like Michigan doesn't have the athletes. It just doesn't seem like that they've got the – they See, I think my, my bad sportsmanship scenario is more plausible than uh, Harbaugh to ride off into the sunset with a win against Ohio State. But you're right, Dave. It could happen. It, it, there's a possibility. Well, it's interesting. I, I like when the rivalries get heated and feathers ruffled like this. Uh, moving on from that, Pittsburgh and the and the rate and the uh, Ravens. Uh, evidently, they're going to play at three forty today. Um, not one hundred percent sure that I believe all this because every time we get told this, we get told, "Oh, it's about to have about to happen," and then they pull the. The wool, uh, the uh, the rug out from under us. But here we are, seven hours from kickoff ish. Um, do you see them pulling the plug on this once again? Because they had two more positives yesterday. One was a one was a safety that I don't think was being planning on starting anyways. But one one was a safety they drafted in the seventh round, and then the other is a equipment manager. Hell, if the equipment manager has it, that's probably ground zero. They probably should have just gotten that guy out of the way again. Because if he's got it, you know, he's over there touching jock straps and everything. You know, that's probably how this whole thing got started. Either that or he he's the fallout because everyone's got it and he's having to touch all their equipment. Does he get I don't play believe today? I mean, I truly don't. It's a game time decision. This is worse than uh an injured running, running back with a hamstring injury that's game time. Oh, what do you do? Uh, I, I think they have to. Um, I think you're kind of in the Denver scenario now if everybody hopefully at this point has been isolated enough to where even as a positive trickles in, 
there's been no new contact. So you should in theory be able to still field your roster. I'm not saying they've got all the positions. I mean, you just played Denver, made Denver play with a wide receiver at quarterback. So I don't care if it's a running back at safety. I mean, over 40 and a half. If it does get played, you like that? Uh, where, where, where are you going with that 40 and a half with Baltimore housing backups? You think the Steelers it, just unleash it, or is it going to be a little bit re- more reserved? Now, it is RG3 that's going to play, right? Is starting. I believe so. Yeah, that's what I heard. So you had RG3. You They are planning on having both their running backs back. Uh, they're supposed to travel down separately in cars or however they're going to get them there. Uh, FedEx, I don't know how they're going to get J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram into the stadium, but they're not they're they're not coming down with the team because they're afraid that if they get a a positive, then then here we go again. So assuming you got all your running backs, you've got RG three. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball very well. Forty and a half. I think I have to take the under, don't you? I th- I think the defense will feel like that they've got to step it up. And we'll probably play a pretty good game, but Pittsburgh gets to twenty, the game's probably over. See, in my head, I figure if Pittsburgh scores thirty, thirty-one in this game easily. Uh, I just don't see any resistance from the depleted de- uh, defense of the Ravens. Uh, I don't know. We'll be interesting if you can get ten. I'm going to lean towards the over. I think somehow, some way, they find a way to score ten. And if the Ravens score 10, I think it goes over. But uh, it's all heavily going to bank on the uh, the Steelers and whether they keep it full throttle once they get to 21, like you said, because I really believe once you get to the 20s, I don't know how the Ravens are going to score with you. Especially when you take away the deep ball of Lamar, that, that big hit that uh, if he does connect one of them deep passes, uh, RG3 just doesn't really propose that threat right now. Okay. Um the next thing with that game, sorry, uh, Michael's saying it's hard for him to hear me. I don't know if he's talking about on the app, on the uh, – anyways, Michael, be a little more clear w- with what you're talking about. Um, so um, the game itself is 340 kickoff. Of course, that's because we have to light the tree at <laughs> – I, I still can't believe that the, that's the thing that the, the, the aligning of a tree is going to preempt a, an NFL football game. Um, but could not have been the halftime show. I mean, couldn't you have worked it into where the tree lighting was the halftime? You, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. I don't, I look, I've never watched a tree lighting on television. It would have been my first. If you would have put it at halftime, how long does it take? Hell, I mean, you just plug it in, don't you? That's what I, I would don't think. <laughs> I mean, we're not. We should probably not talk about this. We don't know what's involved in tree lightings. This isn't like an Oliver. That's how I turned my tree on. <laughs> this isn't like an Oliver Twist uh, era tree lighting, is it? They're not have to go around and light individual candles on the tree. So, how long does it take to light a damn tree? Why couldn't you I do assume that it's pre decorated? They're not doing that tonight as well, are they? Maybe that's what it is. I'm going to wait for them to place the ornaments. <laughs> Are we going to watch them string together the popcorn? <laughs> Just... Depends on how big of a block they took out, Mac. They might need it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
that's strange. That's really strange. I, I, I really don't know why it takes this long. I need what I need to pull up and see what we'll all break this... it down on air tomorrow. I'll make sure we write it down tonight. Yeah. Uh, what I'd like to know is what else do they have planned? Because, okay, I'm putting it on NBC guide right now. And I see what want to see what they've got planned out past the ball game. So the tree lighting of Rockefeller center, it lasts four hours. 7 to 8 p.m., 8 to 10, and then 10 to 11, the Christmas Spectacular starring the Radio City Rockettes. So I guess now that part's probably already pre-done. Pre, uh, pre I'm sure in years past it might be live, but I got to feel like um, I got to feel like that that's, that's pre-recorded. So three hours to light a tree? I feel like they could do that in the middle of a commercial break. I guess they have maybe maybe they have a bunch of people that go out there and entertain and perform during it. Maybe it's Rockefeller Center and it's with social. It takes a long time to be socially distant, decorate a tree in New York City, mate. I don't know. Um, I'm I, I'm curious about this because um, three hours to light a damn tree. And the and the thing is, the sun goes down so early. Why why, why couldn't you do it at halftime, ish? Well, you, you know what? If you start the game at seven o'clock in the evening, you could definitely do it at halftime. And maybe do and maybe maybe make the pregame show the Rockettes dancing around. I'm more likely to watch that than to watch whatever the hell else they got going on. Anyways, let's go ahead and uh, bring Sean into uh, to us. Uh, save us from this um welcoming on to the show sean o'toole one of the uh well here, here he comes in uh sean o'toole can you hear us yes sir so i know that you're one of the biggest uh rocket city or no i'm sorry radio city rocket fans there is out there and the lighting of the tree can you explain to us why it takes a lot uh four hours to light the tree and to have the the uh, Radio City Rocket Spectacular. I don't. I, I've never once paid any attention to that or watched any programming that has the word rockets in it. So you, you, you have me uh, confused with one of your other college roommates. I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of even what that is, and I can't think of any reason why it should take four hours to light a tree. Well, that's what we're trying to figure out: is why the hell couldn't they have played this game? Why couldn't they have lit the tree at halftime? Or why couldn't that be like the pregame show? And then the Rockets yeah, be the halftime show. It's like yeah, this said, awesome. like, aren't you just plugging it in? Like, you know, I, I'm going to watch this thing now, and they, they better be lighting them individually, candle lit, you know, candles, you know, hanging off the tree, popcorn. <laughs> I want to see the popcorn made. I want to see. I want to see the tinsel put on one strand at a time. I don't want to see you just throw it up there, you know, clumpy and junky like I always do. <laughs> just throw it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. A little time to get into it as the college football uh, top five is out, and or top twenty-five, I guess. And we're we're going to give you our top five, and then of course we're going to talk about. We were just kind of talking about a second ago. Harbaugh, we're going to talk about the Lions. 
We got a whole lot of stuff to complain about. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and Facebook Live. We got a tie. We need to fix it. We need a tiebreaker. I agree. Ties are not acceptable in fantasy football. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends, not equally as good as your friends, okay? It's not communism. We're not coveting Billy Joel cassette tapes and wearing ill-fitting blue jeans. Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. They are a Glock, blue label dealer for military and first responders. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. The friendly gun shop. Proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Hey, don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fashion. Throw some ground ball. It's more democratic. Catch the armchair quarterbacks weekdays right here on CBS Sports Radio. The armchair quarterbacks, your first choice for sports here on the First Coast. Just a bit outside. Shut up, idiot. Moron! You bob for apples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl. Come on. We'll take you on right here, right now. Come on. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. All you need to do is go to MyPillow.com, promo code armchair. That's MyPillow.com, use the promo code armchair. Or call 1-800-319-7392. The number is 1-800-319-7392. Remember, promo code armchair to get the best deal around. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. This is Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. I'm sure. We were on the play! At the Chargers 20. Cash going to throw it behind him. DePeasy going to throw it again to a man wide open. Gabriel Davis, touchdown! Touchdown, Buffalo! Cole Beasley to Gabriel Davis. How about that? Wednesday morning, talking to Sean O'Toole, Justin Waller, and I. And uh, Sean, what's going to go on with the Detroit Lions? And 
their head coaching search. I think it's going to be Harbaugh. Talk me out of it. Tell me why it's not. Um, if it's Harbaugh, uh, you guys are going to have to start uh, planning to see me come and do the weekly Zoom from an AA meeting because there's just no scenario in which I'm going to be able to be okay with that. Uh, a lot's going to rest on who they hire as the general manager, in my opinion. Um, they're they're using the same the same search firm that a lot of other NFL teams have used to try and find their next general manager. I know who some of the names are on the short list. Um, just a couple of names: uh, Chiefs Director of Football Operations Mike Borgonzi, um, who's been there for the drafting of Patrick Mahomes. He was in Kansas City during the Jack Easterby stint. Um, Easterby moved on to the Texans. Borgonzi kind of stayed around. Um, is not the general manager, but it's basically the second in command. Uh, Joe Hordes, who's the Ravens director of player personnel, and Ed Dodds, who's the assistant general manager of the Colts and also the head of their scouting team. And the Colts have done really well in scouting. Um, they've really been able to they, – they've had some top picks in the draft in the top ten, but they've also found a lot of value, you know, just Pittman and Pittman and Taylor this year. Um, previous years, you know, they got Darius Leonard. Um, in the middle of the first round or early in the second round, if my math is uh, remembering that correctly. They've drafted on the offensive line very well. So I think the general manager is going to be the first thing. Um, my hope is that Sheila Ford-Hamp is not listening to anyone who thinks Harbaugh is the right choice because uh, I don't think he's the right choice. I don't think he's proven uh, – I don't think he's proven squat, really, aside from he could take a depressed organization and make him respectable. Um, which is not really what the Lions need right now. The Lions need someone who can come in and steady the ship and not have delusions of grandeur. Um, so my, my sincerest hope is that they hire, you know, Ed Dodds would be my first choice for general manager. He's going to be hard to get. The Browns tried to get him last year, and he declined an interview. So I don't know that that's something he wants to do. And the top coaching candidate on my list is Robert Sala, uh, the defensive uh, coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. If he would not be interested my second choice would be Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator of the Titans. But Sheila Fordham should stay away from Has it turned out and well everything that comes uh, the uh, Detroit Lions cherry-picking from the Tennessee Titans in the past? Uh, no, it hasn't. hasn't turned out well. So, choosing, why, uh, so why would you go down that road again? That's all I'm asking. What? How's it... How's it that road though? It's like you choose you choose candidates based on their qualifications, not based on where they've come from. Like you're not snake bitten because you chose a Titans guy five, six, seven, eight years ago and it didn't work out. He just wasn't the right guy for the job. Doesn't mean you shouldn't choose another smart person because he came from the same organization. That that's my counterpoint to that fallacy. Well, my counterpoint would be you're trying to get the the fans excited and when they hear that you're cherry picking another Titans coordinator. I think the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to be a little uh, blase about it. I honestly think the Lions need a, a bigger splashier hire because you're talking about trying to get butts in the seats in a city where there's a mass exodus and you're trying to get people to get get excited about Lions football. I I just think the obvious answer is right in front of you with with Jim Harbaugh, but evidently. I don't think well. I don't think you're the biggest Jim Harbaugh fan, which is strange because he's got so many ties to Michigan. But um, Harbaugh is going to land somewhere. I, th I think he's going to do a good job because it's totally different when you get back to the NFL. He doesn't have to go out and recruit, which evidently he's not is, is not his strong suit. And not to mention, he's not having to fight against you know 
we've talked about this before, but when you're trying to recruit someone into Michigan as opposed to have them go to Ohio State, it's kind of a it's kind of an uphill losing battle for many of reasons. Academics is number one with the bullet, right? Um, he gets back into a situation like he was in San Francisco where he's just coaching and surrounds himself with a good set of coordinators. I think he could be something. Justin, do you, is there anyone out there that you specifically like? I mean, I don't know why Biennemi is not being talked about more either. Eric Bieniemy to me, is the obvious choice for any head coaching position. But I don't know if he wants to leave Kansas City. Justin, he's got Houston. He's got Houston written all over him. He wants to coach Deshaun Watson. It's my opinion. But go ahead, Justin. Do you Sorry. just hate the Tennessee Titans? Like, what is it about you in living in Nashville? <laughs> no. You want to cherry pick no. the Titans coordinators? You want to send Bieniemy to Houston? Who is who is the last? You you said cherry pick Titans. Who is the other Titans coordinator? Schwartz, that the yeah, Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz. Oh, okay. I I had forgotten where Schwartz came from. I thought he came from somewhere else. Okay, got it. Remember. Sorry. I mean, Smith will be a good candidate. I still don't know that Smith. Keep is, your hands uh, off Smith. Is all I'm saying. Hundred percent ready. And I mean, I I honestly think Smith will probably wind up at the Redskins the next time there's an opening. I think he's kind of got one of them dream spot locations as well. Excuse me, the Washington football team. Yeah. Well, by the time he gets hired, there they could be the Redskins again. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. True. That would be very – Snyder's going to do that. You know he is. But the anime would be the top of my list. Uh, I don't know why anybody's not uh, knocking the doors down for that. I've, I've been wondering. Uh, maybe he's got something put in place with Reed that uh, Reed's going right off into the sunset. But with that roster and where he's at, I don't think that's any time soon. So the enemy would be uh, my, my pick number one. I Okay, so I got Harbaugh and then the enemy's number two. Now, maybe it's not an attractive enough joint for either one of them to want to go to. I don't know why Harbaugh wouldn't want to go to Detroit. Yeah, he, I mean, he's obviously already got but a house it, there. Uh, but if he wants to go there, are the – the NFL fans that are going to be putting their butts in the seat in Detroit, are they Michigan fans? Or is that going to bode well to come in, or are you going to shoot yourself in the foot? Are they going to be like, well, why would I want to go see this guy? He just ruined my college. Well, he didn't ruin it. He didn't get me to where he wanted to go. Now he's going to do it for my Lions? I, I, don't, I don't know. He's, uh, Lions fans are about 50-50 U of M and, and Michigan State, and shockingly, more, more than you would think a lot of – I, I know a lot of Lions fans who are Ohio State fans, which makes no sense practically. But there's a bunch of counties in southern Michigan that are that are kind of OSU country, but they're also Lions fans. They're not Bengals fans. It's really weird. Um, but I've been there and I've seen it. So don't don't ask me to explain it. It's really weird because Chris Spielman is the reason why. Because Chris Spielman was a Lion for 12 years. He's a very beloved Buckeye. Um, and I think he started that. For some reason, we've always drafted Buckeyes. I mean, we just drafted Okuda this past year. So I don't know that the Michigan thing matters as much as people think it does. I'm just concerned that I'm just concerned that because he's now flamed out in his last two jobs, he's not the Broadway attraction that people really think he is. And most Lions fans don't care about don't care how splashy our head coach is. They just want to win. Like we we've been we've been getting bulldozed for five decades like it's not about 
it's not about having a mink coat on. It's just about like actually being able to walk down the street without people pointing at you and laughing at this point. And I don't know if he's the right, I don't know if he's the right person for that. His best coaching performances are actually a really long time ago. Like if, if you actually look at the body of work, he's not beat anybody of any measurable quality since he's been at Michigan. He's like two and 15 against the top 15. And he kind of went out with a whimper in San Francisco. I mean, they had two really disappointing seasons his last two years. He tried to, you know, push for more power in the front office and the front office was like, yeah, we're kind of done with you. Get out of here. And so I don't know. He's, he's not the, he's not the main ticket attraction that I think he's cracked up to be or made out to be by a lot of people in the media. That's my only concern. All right. Well, moving on from that, the, uh, College football top 25 came out yesterday. The top six look like this. It's Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, Texas A&M number five, and Florida number six. Now, we don't really have time to go into the entire top 25, but things that stood out, BYU is still sitting outside the top ten. That's... I think that's one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of people who who are following this and reacting to it. Um, anything else that jumped out at you, Justin, that outside of the BYU thing that kind of has you scratching your head? I mean, just Ohio State at four. Um, I still have a hard time with that one. I, I would bump them down. They wouldn't be in my top five, and I would slide uh, A&M in Texas or A&M in Florida up. Sean, what about that would be my biggest difference. Yeah, I mean, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State is the top four, however you want to arrange them, uh, however you want to arrange Clemson and Ohio State, three, four, whatever. I'm comfortable with that. I still think Cincinnati belongs in that fifth spot with BYU right behind them, and then Florida and Texas A&M after that. But, you know, SEC being what it is and what it means to the playoffs and, you know, how competitive that conference is, I understand why everybody kind of has Florida, Texas A&M, or Texas A&M, then Florida, depending on what rankings you're looking at right there. I just I just think BYU and Cincinnati should have a seat at the table, especially if Texas A&M suffers another loss, Florida suffers another loss, and especially if Notre Dame beats Clemson a second time, which is probable, you know, it's at least likely. Um, I don't see why we can't get Luke Fickle or Kalani Sataki's team, you know, in the in the playoff or at least in the top five, um, just based on they've beaten everybody that they've been able to play. You know, you can only play who's on your schedule. And this year you might not even be able to pull that off. <laughs> you got to make your schedule, you know, flexible. So, um, yeah, that's where I come out. Cincinnati would be my number five team. Okay. Um, I guess go, go ahead and let's uh, do this. Uh, Justin, what is your top five? I'd be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, A&M, and Florida. And, Sean, real quick, just kind of put a synopsis on your top five. Yeah, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Cincinnati, in that order. Okay. I've got Notre Dame number one uh, just because they've, they've been a little more impressive on who they've played so far. Alabama number two, that's probably going to change – in mind when once they win the SEC title, but uh, right now I've, that's what I've got them at. And um, Clemson number three, the my number four. I 
I'm, I'm going to die on this hill. BYU deserves to be in there. When you look at all, even if you want to go to the metrics of this, you want to talk about all the things that, that, that a lot of us don't really, really care about. I found it interesting that a lot of your analytical measures has BYU in the top four. What they call game, what they have, what they call game control, which is one of the big ones that they talk about. You know, BYU's ranked third in the country in game control, which that basically says that compared to your schedule and how you've and how you're playing your schedule, you should be ranked third in the country. That's the short of it. There's a long <laughs> list of how to actually break that down, but that's the short of it. BYU, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in there. It's not their fault. You talk about teams that are skating and, and dodging. Michigan's not dodging Ohio State. The entire left coast is dodging BYU. They've had they've had two they've had two options in the past week week and a half where they could have signed BYU up and they have I don't say refused to do it they have neglected to do that so they I'll tell you someone who ought to do it and they really ought to think about this whoever wins the big the the Pac twelve championship really ought to think about a way to get that Pac twelve championship won and then play BYU because if the Pac twelve champion can win the Pac-12 and beat BYU, that would be their path into the NCAA top four playoff. But other than that, I don't see a Pac-12 team being able to sneak into it. Is even the top team, is it USC right now? Are they, are Essentially they, because Oregon lost. Oregon lost. There's USC that's undefeated and you've got Washington that's undefeated. Gotcha. So... It really depends on how you look at it, but regardless, those those are your two undefeated teams. Um, I think I think your only way in if 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 Southern if Southern Cal has yet to beat a team that's won a game, by the way. Um, but if Southern <laughs> Cal, <laughs> it's pretty scary. So Southern Cal's three and zero. Let's say they get all the way undefeated, and let's say they end up winning the Pac-12 championship. Are any of y'all impressed enough to what you've seen in the Pac-12? And there was such a small sample size to put a Pac-12 team in there to just get obliterated by... You pick the Pac-12 team, uh, Notre Dame or Alabama's going to have their way with them. Because the Pac-12 team has to be the four seed, right? We're not going to sneak them into the two seed or the three seed. So the Pac-12 team's got to be the four seed if they get in. And they're going to play, what, Alabama? Right. I've seen that movie before. Remember when Washington was supposed to give them such a hard time in the playoffs and and Alabama just beat them like like they owed them money? It would be so ironic if USC got into the playoffs. I have a few people I know in California, not a whole lot, but I mean, they hate Clay Helton. They can't wait to fire this guy, and for what I think they only haven't fired him because of how much money they owe him up to this point. Um, they can't wait to get rid of this dude. He is so not popular in Southern California with the boosters and the community around that program. If he goes to the playoff, they're not going to be able to fire him. I mean, I guess they could. You know, you can fire anybody, but I mean, if he goes to the college football playoff, they're going to have to endure another year of him. They can't stand him. Well, I've been saying this for, what, two years now that I, I think that's Urban Meyer's next job. 
But if he yeah. finds a way to keep winning, then Urban Meyer is going to be sitting in Austin, Texas. That's all yep. there is to it. Which that's that's the latest one I've heard is is Meyer. There's people at Texas that really want to get their hands on Urban Meyer. I just don't know why Urban keeps coming back to coaching. He keeps having to leave for the same health problems. And, and he's like, oh, I feel great now. Yeah, because you're not coaching. <laughs> you're not stressed out. You're sitting in a you're sitting in a Fox studio with Brady Quinn and Matt Liner. You know, playing on your telestrator like. Yeah, your your heart arrhythmia is not going to nearly kill you because you're not coaching every Saturday. I I don't get why he keeps ringing that bell. I mean, as a are you actually drinking that Kool Aid and, and and smoking that pipe that you actually think there's something wrong with Urban Meyer physically? His physical health. There's documented history. Of oh come on. It's really, really convenient every time. The two times that he, he's okay. had to st- sit down because of health problems, A, he was having an affair with a girl that, that was that was the teammate of his daughter at the University of Florida, and his wife stepped in and said, what the hell is this? Okay, that's the first time. And then the second time was right around the time that he got suspended at Ohio State. He, he never has these heart arrhythmias or whatever the hell they are, you know, heartburn, whatever he has. He never has this when Ohio State's going to the playoffs and beating the crap out of Alabama, right? No, it only shows up when things aren't going quite right. Herbert Myers, come on. He's a snake oil salesman. And he's going to find his way at, in, in, into uh, probably Texas. He'll probably figure, look, what I'll do is I'll go to Texas. I'll go win a national championship there. Then I'll fake something. Then I'll go to Southern Cal. And then when it's all said and done, I'm going to have a damn statue at every single one of these universities. And then I'm going to go take over Michigan and rub Ohio State's face in it. <laughs> then, then I'm going to go take over the Lions. And <laughs> they'll be on their seventh coach by then. Since this conversation, um, probably I, I don't buy a damn bit of that. But if if, if you want to buy it, you can buy it. I, I don't. I, I just don't buy anything that Urban Meyer sells me. He's a very good. He, he he's one of the greatest college football coaches to ever strap him on. As far not not greatness as a person, but greatness as X and O's. But between the lines, you can't deny his his uh, greatness. But he's also a terrible human being. If you only want to believe half the rumors that came out of the University of Florida when he was there, he's a terrible human being. That's if you only believe half. That's only if you believe half. (laughs) (laughs) If you believe them all, (laughs) you'd probably be over there circling his driveway going, get out of here. (laughs) Get your pacemaker and your cane. Anyways, um... I know I'm going to die on, on that hill, but I think BYU deserves a five, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think Cincinnati deserves a number six. I think I think Florida can play their way into it, so I'm not even concerned where I would have Florida probably seventh or eighth with A and M right there. A and M is going to be the one that's going to need a lot of help because A and M obviously needs Alabama to beat Florida. That has to happen. Florida beats Alabama; it's a wrap. They're 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 not bringing all three teams in. So Alabama's got to beat them. The only other way I see their way in is that Notre Dame then beats Clemson a second time. So that eliminates Notre Dame. That eliminates uh, Florida. 
And because they're in the SEC and with one loss, that's a lot of assuming they still have games to play. But that would be the way that I think they get in. And they might even need Ohio State to get eliminated one, one way or the other. It was funny how they had the – did y'all notice the percentages, uh, you know, their next-gen stats or whatever of chances of making the playoffs last night that was kept scrolling after they gave, you know, their number, they gave their, their chances of making the playoffs. Now, BYU's wasn't ridiculously low. It was like around 20-ish percent. But I noticed Georgia, who's sitting at number eight, 0.02% of making the playoffs. I'm like, well, why the hell do we got them at number eight? Why is that even a thing? I don't understand. Georgia being at number eight is absurd. They, they've they been blown out of their two big games they've played. There's no way, there's no path for them to get in. So why even have Zero. them ranked up that high? I'm not, I'm not big on the, I'll tell you the one game that intrigues me this weekend See, where are they at in the standings? Ohio, uh, excuse me, Indiana and Wisconsin, they play, they're play. they 12th and 16th. I think if Indiana could win that, they could start maybe talk. What if Ohio State doesn't play enough games and Indiana ends up by default go to, go to the Big Ten Championship? They win the Big Ten Championship, and Ohio State's sitting at like 4-0 or 5-0. Do you put an undefeated Ohio State team in that – won a very close game against Indiana, or do you put the Big Ten, Big Ten champion Hoosiers in because you can't put, a, put them both in? Sean, what's say yeah, yeah, I would I would think the selection committee would put the Big Ten champion in, but that might be a scenario. I don't know. That might be a scenario where we get the winner of the, you know, the winner of the ACC, assuming it's Notre Dame, uh, two SEC teams and then just a third at large and they'll have to choose between the Big Ten champion or or you know maybe the Pac-10 champion or you know or BYU or Cincinnati I have no idea what's going to happen I, I really don't know how they're going to figure this out because there's just so many variables all these conferences have had different rules and the Big Ten started off behind the eight ball and now the Pac-10 is dealing with its own problems uh, with COVID so I don't I don't, I don't get what they would do. I would think that they would choose the Big Ten champion over an undefeated Big Ten team who didn't play enough games to play in the title game. But, you know, we we don't know. Just just for the just for the media attention, they would probably choose an undefeated Ohio State team just so we could have 47 straight days of, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless going crazy. And if that happens, they need to just – dismantle the conferences and have a super conference because at that point Which, there, there's there's no no reason for them there's no need to even play championship games they mean nothing there's no reason for them now <laughs> other than money but i mean that's you know that's why they exist is you know to have a conference championship game and take you know 300 million dollars from dr pepper for you know for the halftime festivities and stuff like well, that they, they're no not going to give that up in the SEC in the East and the West, we actually compete. And the ACC, you know, you got to find a, a champion. In the Big Ten, you just whoever wins the East is in, and uh, Wisconsin's going to get beat down. So that's that's a fair point. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with saying that. I would like some realignment up there. I would be happy with that. If Wisconsin, I, if Wisconsin wins, and then. They keep their name in the hat for the uh, Big Ten championship. Um, yep. 
do they have enough games or will they? I, I haven't looked, I, but didn't they well, miss uh, the first two? They're two and one. They're How are they even getting there? I don't even know. They're supposed to play this weekend. That would take them to what? Four, four games. Yeah. The most yeah. they have is five, unless there's something tacked on that I've missed. Well, there's two more weeks after this. So I, I guess they would. Oh, I thought it was this week and one more. I thought there was only two. No, left wait, no, the... wait a minute. You're right. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. It's only, it only guess... goes through 12, 12. So yeah. That's that's a very good question. So I have so I have no idea. I that's why I don't think if Indiana's got them all, you can't penalize those players for toughing out the entire. Whether I understand there is nothing. This is not basketball, and even then, it wouldn't be a sexy pick right now. But you can't penalize them if they run the table and have one loss to Ohio State. Uh, Indiana's got to be in there. If not, burn it down. <laughs> to joke. <laughs> It's a joke. Burn the whole thing down. It's a joke. Burn it down. Justin, before the top of the hour and you hit your walk-off, I have to give you an opportunity to do something I've been wanting to ask you all week. Um, I saw the news report that the Phillies have lost $2 billion and now don't have enough money to even try to pay Real Muto. Would you like to take a lap on the grave of the Phillies and specifically Bryce Harper for taking $330 million and now the Phillies have no money? We told them it was going to happen before they even did it. Should have listened to us. <laughs> Floby. <laughs> but how much, uh, what can you get Real Malto for? Talk to me some more about this. They don't have the money, so Real Malto's rolling. Is that where this? I mean, yeah. I, think, I mean, I they, think he's gonna end they've up already in, said. In New York. That seems like a logical place, but I hope not. <laughs> what in the. I hope uh, he ends up anywhere else. The New York Dodge. I mean, Mets. Yeah. Uh, he's going to wind up there. <laughs> Mets, yeah. Because because Co- Cohen's out there ready to spend money, they just brought in Simber uh, on a trade yesterday. Not that that's a big big deal, but uh, Co- it sounds like Cohen's ready to make at least two, if not three, big splashes this off season. He still hasn't signed. He, he still hasn't figured out who, who the hell the general manager is going to be. Um, I guess Sandy Alderson is going to try to do it all. But Sandy Alderson seemed like he he had one foot on the golf course and one foot in the office. He's like, wait a minute, I got to do the whole damn thing. You know, I'm like eighty. What like what what, what what's going on here? <laughs> um, but that's essentially what's uh, you know, I I listen to New York radio quite a bit, and man, it is a big thing up there that they they are Mets fans are so excited about this, and if it falls flat. It's just gonna be it's it's gonna be classic Mets. I, the the Mets have to win a World Series within like three or four years, or they think this is going to be like an incredible failure. Even though it's an owner you've brought in, not a manager or a player, where there's a small window. You got an owner who can get you a championship sometime in the next twenty years, right? But the Mets fan is wanting to start trying to stick it in the Red Sox and Yankees fans' face up there. Well, I know one thing. He doesn't have Charlie Morton. Yeah, he doesn't. Thank God. Anthopolis actually made a made an acquisition this offseason for an arm. Well, he's done it in the past, too, but it wasn't King Felix or it wasn't Cole Hamels. So, uh, an arm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Kudos to that. There's still some bullpen arms out there the Braves can take a run at, too. I'll be curious to see if they take a run at either, you know, Hendricks or Trinan. Um I don't know that they're in the Bauer market. I don't. I think that's a. I think that's a market of like two or three teams. Yeah. No. Ironically, since they were just mentioning him, I think I think he's one of the people that Cohen's going to throw a lot of money at. 
My household so. can't take me hypothetically thinking about a Morton Bauer Soroka <laughs> rotation. <laughs> I mean, they, they can't handle that, so we just need to put ourselves out of it. Unless your team is connected to I-95, I you're not going to be getting uh, Trevor Bauer. I mean, that's just the way that works. He's he, he's going to ask for a ridiculous amount of money. And well, if you 75 and 16, Atlanta's connected to 95. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, just throwing it out there. It's technically connected. No, it's no way. Atlanta is not on I-95. It's not even close. I-95 runs the You said connected. Place. I just laid out how you can Well, in that it. theory, my driveway is connected, okay? So you're going to come out here and play in my backyard? If you got that kind of money, I'll come throw with you and Trevor Bauer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we'll sell tickets. <laughs> if I have that kind of money, you are not playing on my team. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> you can come sit in the in the owner's box with me, but you are not playing on it. We're not, and that's we're, probably we're not how you got that deal. money was good decisions like that. If you were paying we're, me. Uh, we're not doing roster. a make-a-wish situation where we got Sarah Full out there kicking kicking field goals and, and Justin Waller out there throwing fastballs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who is that? Get him off the field. <laughs> Uh, Justin, what's your walk off for the day? I'd blow 67 miles an hour right by you. <laughs> I'm assuming you're throwing way downhill at 67 miles an hour. Have, have Everything you, I got, I probably face planted after it with the overextension of the leg sweep there. You might, <laughs> you, you might come off that hill 67 miles an hour, but I don't know if the ball is. Hey, gravity likes you. You get me going 67 miles an hour, you better watch out. <laughs> that momentum can be something, you know. All right, brother. Well, we will see you uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. We'll have a chance to talk a little more college football. Um, everyone stay tuned. We're going to be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. That's the wrong damn button. Whoa, Australopithecus isn't supposed to be in that display. No, 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 no. Homo habilis was erect. Australopithecus was never fully erect. Well, maybe he was nervous. The armchair quarterbacks are covering America's pastime from spring training all the way to the fall classic. 5-2 Dodgers in the ninth. Got it. They've done it. Like the 1969 Mets, it's the impossible dream revisited. And Myers bringing it. And the pitch is hit in the air. Foul, off first. Benzinger backing and calling. And the 1990 World Championship belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a 1-0 10-inning victory. Way back, Blue Jays win it! The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Armchair. Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. They are a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. The friendly gun shop. Proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Hi, this is 
is Britney Spears. This is what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. I'm Cher. Are you looking for the perfect gift for any sports fan or just looking to add some stuff to your own man cave? Then head on in to MVP Collectibles at the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. They carry Seminoles, Gators, Bulldogs, Canes, Longhorns, Bama, Buckeyes, Wolverines, Vols, you name it. They have Patriots, Jaguars, Titans, Dolphins, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, whoever you're looking for. Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Braves, whoever you like. The best selection you'll ever find for the sports fan that thinks they have it all. That's MVP Collectibles in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Suite 245, right across from the food court in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6. Get your man cave popping today at MVP Collectibles. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Pour me, pour me, pour me, pour me the I don't even like Drake. You don't like Drake? How could you not like Drake? Who's Drake? Who's Drake? Drake is good. I told you that Drake was bad. I hate the Drake. Tight ends roll to the right. Skaronic on the end around, and he will score standing up. Irish behind bodies, Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Sean, I got a question for you. You ever had a a situation where your phone won't connect to Wi-Fi? Mm Mm-hmm. What is the issue of that? What's the simple Uh, Usually, um, the Wi-Fi radio needs to be reset. Um, so if you go into the settings of your phone and go to reset and just click reset network settings, it'll slap your cell radio and your Wi-Fi radio upside the head. It'll reboot your phone. If it's an iPhone, if it's an Android, it won't. Um, and then it'll connect again. So That's, you're, so you're talking about going into like the general settings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go general reset and then reset network settings. Usually it just needs to be slapped upside the head. Gotcha. Man, you I ever see your phone? If you ever see your phone when it's on cellular data doing that LTE 3G 1X, LTE 3G 1X, that's just the phone can't find the network it's trying to talk to. It's lost. Uh, it's got a blindfold on. You just have to give it a nap really quick, and then it'll find it. Easy okay. enough. Strange. Usually works. Because I have not, been, times I have not been able to, to to connect where I can normally connect. I, I've had a hell of a of an issue today by the way like if you noticed during the break we never got the sports flash the button didn't work the damn button didn't work and i had a, an issue trying to 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 connect to, it was a is a different device but i had issue trying to connect what i pulled down from my dropbox to put on to an app to be able to play mm-hmm. with what we hear at the break i'd have all the time for that and then when it finally came down i hit it and it's just it's not doing anything is you just hit the button and, and it's stuck 
And I'm like, uh, that's why that's why I just said to hell with it. We, we went to to a commercial break. Anyone's listening to the replay is not going to know what I'm talking about because I just I'm going to edit the hell out of that. But uh, between that and evidently the my uh, my volume settings are low this morning on on another device. I mean, I don't know. It's full blown 2020 in the studio today. But anyways, <laughs> we'll move on from that because I don't know what the damn answer is. And um, uh, we'll just go from there. Um, the okay, so titans i said titans steelers ravens got titans on the brain um by the way you know you know i mean come on man give me some love look, look what i got kicking here for you this morning as we're talking the detroit lions that's the last time they won the division 1934 uh, so. no it just oh hell i don't i don't i don't, I don't think so <laughs> it says northern division national football conference 1934 i'm assuming that that's their inception they can't yeah, be, that's the inception of the team. Okay, I was about to say they they can't be much older than that. And then I, and they also got your your Michigan helmet here because I I knew we were going to be talking. I appreciate that. I knew we were going to be talking, and then I got some stupid, really cheap things for uh, Christmas. I'm, I'm trying to get all Christmassy back here. See Santa's workshop <laughs> back there, and uh, I do. Uh, that that by the way, so, someone asked me uh, via the inbox. That's Tim Tebow, right here. So in the in the <laughs> that's Tim Tebow, and then that is a Florida State uh, uh, Santa Claus. I don't know if you can make out the logo from that far back, but um, I'm trying to. I get can a see more. it. I got a few more things. I'm going to try to you know push it in. By the time I get it all out, it'll be January first. I'll take it all down again. But uh, I try I try to stay with the. I got the garment gold. It's not tense. I figure with that garland. Um, anyways. Every every day I, I go in the garage and go, hell, I forgot I had this. Let's go and put this sucker out, man. Come on now. <laughs> and then I about knock in. That's, that's probably why, why, why all my devices are screwing up. But um, anyways, I'm going to try to get to the bottom of this because for some reason that damn thing is just not remembering anything. But anyways, um, the NFL Power 5, we're going to get into that in one second, but the Steelers and the Ravens play today at 340, mm -hmm. fingers crossed. My God, this is like fingers the crossed. longest. I mean, geez. I thought that Titans situation was ridiculous when they finally played the Buffalo Bills on Nope. On that Tuesday. I guess in theory that kind of that was kind of longer because they ended up not playing the Pittsburgh game, had to push it to another week. Yep. This has just felt longer. I don't know if it's because it was the holiday weekend or because I was really looking forward to this game and now not so much. I'm not going to lie to you. This game is with, with, with no Lamar Jackson. It's I'm hoping we get a good game, but I'm not expecting it with no Lamar Jackson. What's breaking, that? breaking, breaking news from Schefter. He's on get up right now. Is he playing um, fourth straight day of positive tests? Uh, Ravens had additional positive tests this morning. NFL announced this morning decision to move Ravens Steelers to Sunday at twelve fifteen Central. <laughs> so just as I say it, shocking. <laughs> I mean, just make the Ravens freaking forfeit the damn game. Can we get on with our lives? Well, how well how does that work? They're going to play Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. And then what happens I'm to all the other games? 
I'm wondering if that video popped up was an old video. So hold on just a second. I'm trying to vet that really quick. Baltimore had two positive video. COVID tests. That could yeah. I just that sounds like the, uh, the 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 report that came out just before Thanksgiving. Are we sure? Yeah, about it does. I I think I yeah. Hold on. I'm Let me put to it on. Ra- really Look, I got it on Rappaport's right now. And yeah, my bad. Sorry, game still on. That was from I went to the I just went to the NFL.com homepage on ESPN and the video popped up and it said breaking news and it said two more Ravens and I saw Schefter's face. And it that's, said something, and sour, I didn't even pick up on the fact that it was last face. Wednesday. That's our pussy. It was face last Wednesday. Now. Okay. God. Sorry about that. He has, got, he has got one of the biggest sour pusses I've ever seen, man. He comes on now. That I never noticed it in years past. I don't know what his deal is, but he just I, he, he just got annoying to me this year. Um, it's almost like he, U of M. It's almost like U of M graduate. Right. Well, okay. I, I, I won't kill him because of that. So, so he's probably a hero. <laughs> no. I don't care. He's probably a hero of yours, ES, but he's just got a sour ESPN's puss. website is. I, I don't like his face either. It, it always looks like I'm about to be delivered bad news. Someone's about to tell me my parents have gotten divorced again. ESPN's uh, website is taunting me now because it replaced that video with a video of Dan Orlovsky talking. And I'm not. I'm not the ESPN. You know, I'm not the target ESPN audience. I don't pay a lot of attention to ESPN. God, Dan Orlovsky drives me nuts. Uh, I'll just never, uh, I'll never forget that he ran out of the end zone once when he was an NFL quarterback, and he's always just killing NFL was quarterbacks. Was he a lion when he did media. that? He was. Yeah. Ran out of the back of the end zone and he then still tried to, your... and, and not by and not by one foot either. If you've ever seen that play, he took four steps yes. through the back of the end zone. And it was then almost like it was, it was intentional. And then tried to throw a pass, and he's always on TV killing quarterbacks, being like, this guy's not good, this front office is terrible. I'm like, dude, you were at best, at best, a C-minus quarterback who is who is YouTube backup. and gift-worthy. C-minus yeah, backup, backup, not a starter. That dude was not starter-worthy. Not a starter. And that, that, play, that play that he did that, I'm assuming it's because Matt Stafford had broken his leg or something? Like, why was he even in the game? That was the season before Stafford when we went when we got the pick, the first overall okay, pick so, for Matt Stafford. Okay so, okay, so because of him, it led to a number one pick overall. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But he is the quintessential. There's a few of them, but Orlovsky's up there at the top of guys that are on not just ESPN, but a, a few of the networks. But ESPN seems like they've got a lion's share, no no, no pun intended. Actually, all puns are intended here on <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it just seems like ESPN's got a boat ton of guys who talk as though they are Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and bash the hell out of guys for not being Hall of Famers. Yep. And that's always annoyed me in sports talk, whether it's radio, television, or whatnot. You're you're an ass if you sit up there and just slam someone and tell them how how terrible they are and how they make these terrible decisions and they break down the tape and whatnot when you did the same damn thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's why whenever I criticize someone, I might sit there and talk about how had a bad game or whatnot, but I never break down a tape and say how dumb this was and how stupid this was over and over and over again. I might do it for one particular game like the Baker Mayfield thing this past weekend, but for me to just keep riding him, I better have 
thrown at least 400 touchdown passes in the NFL before <laughs> before I can make those ridiculous statements. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And it seems like there's a there's a dearth right now of ex players and ex front office people who either weren't very good or or were like at a B or C level who are just making a lot of big declarations on television. It's one thing to for me to hear, you know, Phil Sims, right? And Boomer Esiason and Dan Marino, you know, back when he was on TV and Terry Bradshaw talk about what they think because these are guys who have won. They've won consistently at the highest level. But when we've got, you know, and I love Brian Greasy. He's a Wolverine. He, he was a lot of fun to watch as an NFL player. But, I mean, he's, you know, his, his sports obituary basically reads Bob Greasy's kid. Like, it's not like, it's not like he played in a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl, you know, and Dan Orlovsky, we just covered him. You know, your buddy Booger is one of my favorites. Like Booger was by the time he actually won a Super Bowl was really kind of towards the end of his career in Indianapolis. He wasn't really a notable player anymore. His best years as a player were in Tampa Bay when he came out of LSU. And when, by the time he won that Super Bowl in Indianapolis, um, you know, he was, he was already in his 10th or 11th season. He was in the twilight of his career and he was never really a first ballot hall of fame nose tackle anyways. So I, I just don't, you know, it, it drives me, it drives me nuts that I, I think the, the media culture, especially the SBN is just, you know, it's all generated around that first take Stephen a scream as loud as you can, white noise kind of discourse and and i just disagree with that you know i i know the lions are are rudderless and, and the ford and firestone family have done nothing with them for five decades believe me i've been here for all of it i don't need to hear a, a third string quarterback who played for the lions in 2007 you know from 2007 to 2009 to tell me how you know how they're not run well i'm aware that they're not run well i was i was here i saw the whole thing <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to keep hammering that point buddy yeah, they uh well, to that point, I sit there and I okay, yesterday and I usually don't catch much of that Stephen A. Smith show. It's not going to do anything with Stephen A. Smith. I actually don't mind him. I won't say I'm a fan, but I find him entertaining from time to time. It's his sidekick I can't stand. Max Kellerman. I mean, he is Did you like it better when it was him and Skip? Yes. Yes. Okay. Much I've more. never liked Skip. I've never liked Skip at all, but yeah, you know, that's Well, they were good look choice. I think what happened with them they leaned too much into their into their shtick of always arguing mm -hmm. and always talking Yeah. And it got tiresome, but once they left and you put Skip with Sharp and Smith with Kellerman you realize, damn, that really wasn't that bad of a show. No. <laughs> like now, it was pretty good, actually. Now we're stuck with these two terrible versions because I can't watch either one of those shows for very long. Sharp, I'm sorry, Shannon Sharp, I can't understand what he's saying half the time. <laughs> he sounds like he's got a mouthful of jello, and I think he's probably a pretty bright guy, but he really needs some 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 diction classes something there's something when he talks i can barely understand what he's saying it's got nothing to do with like some kind of uh of an accent or a slang it's got to do with the way he speaks his words you know there are a lot of guys on tv now that have 
yeah, they're not what you would call polished speakers, but I don't have an issue trying to hear to understand what they're saying. Guys like, right. uh, oh, what's the uh, the big swagoo as they call him? He kind of talks with a bit of a of a slang, but I can understand him, so I don't I don't mind him at all. Um, yeah. But, but when it comes to Sharp, it's it's I, how the hell they picked him and said yes. We've got to hear more of you. I just don't understand. Now, I, I used to love his brother. His brother when he when he was on. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. His he brother left. was great. I don't know whatever happened to why he left. I, I don't know I if think, he just I started think, a family and wanted to sit at home. Or? I, yeah, I'm thinking. From my understanding, because I read up on it a couple of years ago, because we, we had a conversation or something, and I started looking it up, and he he had some kind of situation where he he decided to focus on. Uh, some some things that he had going on in the business world and just, yeah business and he, investments and family and he and just, just didn't want to and didn't want to put in the day-to-day -day grind of mm -hmm. now whether he'd be willing to come back now is who knows but then what usually happens is you end up with a uh um a situation where you and i remember him but would anybody mm -hmm. else, right? So would the younger yeah. generation. And so I don't know how popular that would be. I don't think anything has happened to him recently. Now that I'm sitting here saying this, I'm starting to uh, be concerned that I might be misspeaking and something has happened to him recently. Um, he is... Okay, no. He's, he's still kicking. I was like, man... Watch 2020 have gotten him, and we don't know, and we're here over here just rambling on. And he's 55 years old. Um, I don't know what he's up to currently, but that's not really important. But, yes, I, I enjoyed him. Shannon is just brutal. It's just brutal <laughs> to listen to. But yesterday, Stephen A., they were doing their top five, and I noticed this for the first time, uh, how phony and put on – that bit was because Jeff Saturday was on there and they had like sticks and cliches loaded for bear. And anyways, it was brutal to listen to because you could tell that they, they were being, I don't like it when you're phony mad, whether it's radio or television. Yep. If you're truly upset about something like I was this morning, the beginning of the show, we were talking about Kirk Herb Street. That's one thing. But when you're just doing it because you think it's going to be a ratings grabber, you're going to get someone to stop and, and watch what you're saying. I think we're past that in sports television. That's a that's a, a thing that could have been tricked into the American public 15, 20 years ago. But I think now people see past that. So, anyways, you don't, you don't see it as much anymore on the on the national broadcast news like CNN, Fox, et cetera, you don't see the, yeah. you, you don't see the talking heads arguing over each other and yelling over each other. Cause people got tired of that shtick. You, the, you, they, they now normally you get to see someone give their opinion. And then the moderator goes to the next person. And then the moderator might give their opinion, but they're not talking over each other. Going, yeah, 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 
You can't have that shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're out of order. The whole cart's out of order. You like you don't get any of that anymore. Which thank God because they had like a three year run where it was entertaining. Then it was like, oh God, is this is this all we're gonna watch? And I think that's what people got worn out with with, with Skip Bayless and whatnot. But when you watch Skip Bayless now, they don't do that either. So, anyways. I guess the results came back, and they were like, "We gotta stop this guy." <laughs> the the gig is done. I, I I think the appetite for it was like right around the time that Lavar Ball started popping up everywhere. Not to bring this back to the oh. NBA, but right around the time that guy just started showing up everywhere, and he went and showed up on. I haven't wa- really watched wrestling in in years. My teenage son does, but I haven't really watched it for three or four years. Oh really? Um, I thought you were. No, nah, no, not as no. I mean, when he wants me to take him to an event i go with him but um i don't really pay any attention to it anymore i just don't have the bandwidth for it and i mean when i saw him show up on like he showed up on the monday night raw program i was like okay this dude is like trying to jump the shark as fast as humanly possible like he thinks he's at minute 14 and 58 seconds of his 15 minutes of fame and i think that's been you know but people have just lost their appetite for it like it's it's enter it's not entertaining but you'll stare at a car crash if you see it close up but if you're if you're driving by the same street every day on your commute to work and there's a car crash every day, eventually you're just going to stop looking because you're yeah. like, I, I know what that noise means. Eventually you're going to stick your head out the window and say, get off your damn phone. Exactly. <laughs> this whole court's out of order. And then you, you, you just keep driving. Uh, power five. I knew I, I knew we were going to run out of time for the other stuff that we had planned, but that's okay. <laughs> we I always do. I always have a uh, – so uh, when I write our skeleton, I have what I have planned, and then and then I have branches <laughs> that branch <laughs> off. In, uh, uh-oh, didn't hit this, didn't hit that. And so, uh, anyways, um, what is your power fi- – well, let's do this. Let's start how we normally do. We'll go five to one. We'll st- you know what? Let's do a reverse this time because I think it's pretty obvious who the top ones are. So let- give me your one. I'll give you my one. You give me your two, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go it that way because I-, I think the bottom is going to be more of the debate this time. Who-, who is your number one? My number one is the Pittsburgh Steelers till they lose a game, um, they- which they have yet to do. Um, now, that-, that could end up being today. We'll see. Um, I'm very curious to see how you feel about that line. If you want to mention that, here's the funny thing. If we do thing, the gambling thing, I don't mean to cut you off, but someone was writing down the road. They were listening to our show about a half hour ago. They heard your report, got out of the car and went into work. Oh, the damn Steelers game has <laughs> been canceled again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie. Rookie move. Well, I'm not a rookie, but I got. Well, you got to laugh about that because not everyone listens to the whole two hours. Some people just listen to their commute or whatever. They might catch five or seven minutes. If that's the pocket they caught, you're welcome, 2020. Okay. (laughs) So so you're going with the Steelers. I'm going to go with the Steelers too. They're still undefeated until until they've lost. There's some things I can poke holes in the Steelers, but you're undefeated, and we'll see what happens today. But if they were to lose today, that would be a big shocker considering all the the Ravens are missing. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. What you got for uh, number two? Number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I, I think that's probably the AFC Championship game unless we get a real surprise. And my number five team could be the team to deliver that surprise, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so my number two team is also the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, 
if Pittsburgh had one loss, Kansas City would would be my number one. They they're just their offense is so damn difficult to slow down, and that <clears throat> defense is good enough. It may not enough. be elite, but it's also not junk either. You're not just going through it. It's not sev. So I've I've nope. got to put them in what I still think is the best player in professional football in Patrick Mahomes. He's doing things we've never seen before. Fun to watch, unless you're on the other end of it. Then you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yes, you're on the other end yeah. of it. It's not fun. Would someone just take him out? Just take him out. <laughs> not long term. Just take him out for the game. <laughs> <laughs> One late hit is all I'm asking for. Uh, who, who's your number three team? Number three is the New Orleans Saints. Um, they seem to be kind of, you know, um, what's the what's the uh, what's the phrase? Um, the holding the fort, holding the fort with uh, with Taysom Hill, shall we say? You mentioned the defense last week, and I I hadn't really done a deep dive on the numbers, but the numbers back up what we see with our eyes. You and I talk a lot about stats are great, but you have to watch the games. The defense is really really starting to get pretty aggressive. And they're, you know, Dennis they Allen. They great uh, against that wide receiver quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure did. But even the week before that, you know, and even going back to the Tampa game, yeah. uh, Dennis Allen's Dennis Allen started to get some guys back on the defensive line. They've gotten some depth back, and he's just letting dudes pin their ears back and come after the quarterback. So uh, we'll see what happens if they face a team, you know, like a Green Bay or, or something in the playoffs that has a really good running game um, and can use uh, an intelligent quarterback and some screens. Uh, to kind of use that aggressiveness against them, but uh, the defense is really playing well, and I don't, I don't know the breeze is going to be out for the rest of the year. I still can't believe they're not starting Jameis, but, but they're not, so they're my number three. Stay tuned on that. I, I think Jameis. Yeah, stay be, tuned. I think if they get an L between now, I still don't think Drew Brees comes back before Week 15 at the very earliest. They, they can talk all that tough guy stuff they want, man, but. 13 fractured ribs. <laughs> quarterbacks, tend, bad. quarterbacks tend to get hit in the ribs. <laughs> you just out there. I mean, God bless. I was watching. Right. A sh- I was you watch- can't, you I was- can't dive at their, you can't dive at their legs or it's 15 yards. And if you even swipe their helmet, it's 15 yards. There's only one place to hit them. You're going to hit them in the torso. <laughs> like, I was I watching mean- a, a Netflix show yesterday that I'd never caught before. And I'm just kind of uh, getting into it. It's, it only had three seasons, but the point is this guy had broken ribs and the doc hands him to some weird looking machine. Look, looks like he's got to blow into it. And she says, you know, make sure that you use this because the most common thing with broken ribs is pneumonia, which I, I was not aware of that. And I was like, cause first of all, I, I had cracked ribs earlier this year. I was like, well, damn, maybe that wasn't coronavirus. And then, and then the other thing I was like, Man, I bet you, I bet you, Drew Brees got about fifteen of those suckers laying around the house right now. Because, I mean, he was—I know he, he prides himself on being tough. Newsflash: You're going to win your division. You're mm-hmm. going to make the playoffs. Easily. We need you by week nineteen, not week fifteen. Is it? I—I yep. I just wouldn't be surprised if he gets one game in before the season ends. Get himself acclimated. You don't want him to just go straight into the playoffs yeah. cold, and then we go from there. Chip the rust off. My my number three team is the Green Bay Packers. Um, mm. They just man, they've had a couple of down games, but when they're playing well, like they did this past Sunday, and I always go my, and everyone's got their own way of doing it, but my 
my top five, I look at it what just happened. I know that's a little contra uh, contradictory when you've got Pittsburgh in there because your first comeback can be, well, they didn't do anything this week. How can you even put them in there? <laughs> well, they, they, they didn't lose, so I'll put them. But the, the, the Green Bay Packers are looking more and more to me like the team that when Drew Brees comes back that they're going to have to deal with because there's a chance – the playoffs could go through the town of Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And in December, yeah. and who the hell knows, COVID, February, Green Bay. Oh, 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 oh. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ain't going to like going up there. That's all I'm saying, man. <laughs> who is your number four? Uh, my number four is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many conclusions we can draw from a demolition of the Bears, given that um, the Bears the Bears might be the team in the NFC who's actually in a worse position than the Lions going forward. Because not only do they have uh, just a, a dead duck head coach, uh, but they don't have a quarterback at all. And they're paying a ton of dudes who are on the wrong side of 30 on the defense, which the Lions have the same problem. So it's not like we're a lot better off. But at least we have a quarterback, and we have some of our picks, which the Bears don't because they still owe two more picks to the Raiders for the Khalil Mack trade. So, uh, you know, just – That is hard to believe. Uh, I, I don't know how much we can draw from anybody beating the Bears, but uh, the Packers really look like they're locked in. And I'm sorry, as long as, you know, as long as 12 is standing upright – that dude's that dude's my own personal boogeyman. I mean, he's just he's he's going to rip your heart out if he has a chance to do so in December, January. He's done it so many times to the Cowboys and to other teams. Who's the best um, wide receiver in the NFL, in your opinion? Because I think it's probably Devontae Adams. I, used I, to I think you could make an you could make an argument for Adams or Hopkins. Adams is like a good four to five inches taller than Hopkins. What they do, they both do very well. They do it very differently. I just think from a physical standpoint. There's nobody like Adams. Uh, the right. last time the Packers played the Lions, that's why I, lean I mean on he that. he absolutely toyed with Jeff Okuda. It was actually mean. Prior to this year, you probably could have talked me into Michael Thomas, but he, he, with the injuries and then the injuries to his quarterback, it's just it's a lost year. But yeah. those it's it's between Thomas and Adams. I, I I definitely believe that there's no third person in there i mean thomas is a distance because of what we just said but i would actually before thomas i would put dk metcalf up there just physical ability and then next, like you get into aj brown year, and yeah. stuff like the thing is dk like metcalf that. every once in a while does some things or doesn't do some things that i'm like yeah. uh, he's still learning but man from a physical standpoint a couple of cool. years that guy could be the best player on the planet I mean, he is easily. He's doing things at wide receiver that we've never seen in the same breath of like Mahomes is doing things we've never seen. People have compared him to Megatron. I look at him as Megatron with a little more speed. I mean, yeah, I mean, Callen was never that thick. Like Metcalf can you can't you can't press him. Right. Like you can't press him at the line of scrimmage because he'll just chuck you off like like a T Rex, you know, like throwing off a bird. It's like having Derrick Henry, but a little taller as a wide receiver. and a little faster. Yep, as a wide receiver. It's Slay nuts. was man, Slay's one of the best corners in the game. Slay's a great cornerback. He looked great cornerback. Lost. Helpless. Yes. Helpless. And you would see him go up for a 50-50 ball, and he and he mentioned it was one of his worst games. He, he said, I lost every 50-50 ball. Never do this. And I'm like, bro, it's not your fault. You're like three feet shorter than the guy you're going up against. 
Exactly. It'd be like me sitting here trying to stop stop Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> from dunking. What the hell? I'd be like, no, the question I've got is, why am I guarding him? Not why is he scoring? <laughs> I won't call out the person because I don't remember who it was, but somebody on, on uh, social media when I was watching that game, when that one really, like that 54-yarder, that beautiful rainbow that rushed through that Metcalf caught at the one, somebody on my Twitter feed said, why doesn't Slade just jump? I'm like, dude, have you ever... He's running 18 miles an hour. You can't run four miles an hour. Stop. You're running Why 18 miles an hour. You can't jump. jump. You don't jump straight. This ain't Madden, dude. You, you, I was just about to say, because you know what he's really thinking? Why doesn't he just hit, hit the triangle button? I don't understand. Right, yeah, just hit the triangle button. Yeah, that works. It's like you're running 18 miles an hour. You can't just vault hit off your feet run. When you're All you're trying to do is knock it down. That's all you're really trying oh, to do. Stop. Stop. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it is asinine. Absolutely asinine. Um, your number, number five. My number four was Green Bay. So, so my Pittsburgh, number four, Kansas City, New yes. Orleans, Green Bay. Okay. My number four is Seattle. Um, but that's just like coming it. off of this week. I understand they have not been. They've been question marks, but I felt felt like their defense looked a little better this week. Granted, it was against Philadelphia. Everyone's defense gets a little healthier when it comes to playing Philadelphia. <laughs> you can't you you can't Philly Philly special your way all the way down the field. So, uh, but the further I, we get away from that Super Bowl, the more obvious it is that that was all Frank Reich. Is all I can say about that. And Wentz is Wentz is like I mean he just looks lost, and there's no way out for them. They owe him. He's a $52 million dead cap hit next year. They owe him like a $26 million roster bonus. I've seen lots of articles where they're like, they need to trade him here, trade him there. He ain't going nowhere. Oh, he is going to be the Eagles. He nobody is going to be the him. Eagles starting quarterback at least next year. It get The money gets a little bit easier. He, he might year. be on the bench, but he's going to be wearing an Eagles uniform. Exactly. There's no scenario where they get off that money. I Nobody's said it Tuesday morning, Sean. I, I'm ready to watch the Jalen Hurts show. I'm tired of yeah. this is this is like watching the same rerun of the same episode where you're like, I know what's gonna happen in the end. They're gonna lose. It's 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 painful. My son's my son's eighth grade JV football team had an easier time running offensive plays than the Eagles do. Like I know it's not to scale because it's not at the same level of competition. It might but be. Lord. It might be. <laughs> it might be. It looks so it looks so hard for them to get like four yards. It's so hard. He holds the ball too long. He's not accurate with it when he does throw it. Just nothing works. Where man. is Get the Carson Wentz of three years ago that looked like the NFL MVP? That's what I want to know. Something's happened between the ears to shell shock him. Because you're right. Yep. He just holds on to the ball. It's ridiculous. I know some of it might be the fact that he really does not have that great of a receiving core when you really break it down. His receiving and the core, offensive line's broken down. Lane Johnson's not a, you know, Lane Johnson and Jason Peters aren't spring chickens. Right. It's not 2017 anymore. They've got a few injuries on them and a few more miles on them. But, and Miles but Sanders is grossly <laughs> overrated. I try to tell people that in fantasy this year. He is grossly overrated. But he's a home run back. He's a home run back. You'll fall in love with the 85 yard runs and, he's the, Kevin and the one. The, exactly. Exactly. He's Kevin Bellage. So Can I'm we, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, on. No, you're no. number four, Seattle. That's all I had. I've been impressed by him. There's still a lot to go. We'll see where it ends up. But I definitely think there's three real, real contenders in the NFC for the Super Bowl. They're one of them the Saints, the Packers, 
The number four caveat that I would put in there would be the Rams. And if they then, can get it together. <laughs> and then you could talk me into the, the Bucks, but the Bucks have so many issues. And they're not glaring issues. They're minor issues. So I yeah. could I could see the the Bucks could pull a 2011 New York Giants, right, where they get mm-hmm. hot at the end and hit, start hitting on all cylinders. They definitely have the quarterback to do it. I could see the Bucks getting hot, but they're not in any top. They're not in. Yeah, I guess they're technically in my NFC top five, but but they're not in the NFL top five right now. Who is your number five team? My number five, as much as I uh, hate to say it because uh, my son did not enjoy what happened on Sunday, is the Tennessee Titans. Um, it's it's Derrick Henry season. Um, that dude, I, I knew it was going to be a tough game for Indy to win without Buckner. And, and you you know, we were on some text threads where I, I said as much uh, last week that if Buckner wasn't going to play um, due to being on the COVID-19 list, like this would very likely not go well just because their depth behind him. The guys are nice, but they're not at his well, level. Not only were they missing two guys on their offense, excuse me, on their defensive line, Tennessee got three guys back on their offensive line. So right. that was not the same offensive line that faced the not same defensive line just 17 days earlier. Two weeks ago. And yep. you know how hard um, it is to beat an NFL team twice in 17 days. That's why I hate hard. when you hard. see that. When you see that in an NFL schedule, I think it's ridiculous. They can't figure out a way to at least space two games in between your matchup the first time and your matchup the second time, no matter who the teams are. Because when you do, hell, remember at one point, we were we, it didn't end up happening because of COVID rescheduling, but we were supposed to have the Miami – it, Miami and the Jets were supposed to play, mm-hmm. have a bye week, and then play. That's yeah, back to I back remember game. that. That was asinine. I was like, who? Like, someone's asleep at the wheel. If you cannot figure out how to f- figure out scheduling, give it to me. I do it every year. Fantasy football, just hand it to me. I'll get it knocked out in fifteen minutes. There's an algorithm I have. <laughs> I just plug it in there, and away we go. But you you can't do that to teams. It's 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 mean spirited. I'm I'm with you on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, number five. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big test this week hosting Cleveland, who's getting Miles Garrett back and getting a little bit of their defensive line depth back. So they're, you know, they might not be able to use the Derrick Henry show. Tannehill might actually have to win this game, um, but they're really they're kind of in the driver's seat right I now. I think they'll they're be able down. to move the ball on Cleveland, though. I think they will, and I I know defensively, um, Brable's going to be like, okay, hey, you nine guys, we're going to stand right here, and Nick Chubb and uh, Nick Chubb and, and and Kareem Hunt aren't getting more than two yards, and uh, we're going to make Baker Mayfield actually throw a pass to an open receiver, which uh, he's had some. Whew, He's had some tough ones uh, lately. I don't know how much of that game you watched on Sunday. He had one with a wide open guy in the end zone, and he threw it like four yards over his head. And there was nobody within three yards of the guy on Jacksonville's defense. I mean, Baker. That was the player that I was referring to that that I I, uh, had a meltdown Monday or Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, I was, it was, it was ridiculous. And then the very next play, he, he, he missed an out route with uh Landry would have been a three yard touchdown pass. He missed the out route by right. five yards. I mean it went sailing yeah, he's, out. He's not good. His mechanics are all messed up. The ball, he has no he idea. He rushes where the himself. Going. It's all between the ears because when yeah. he's in a rhythm, he throws a pretty pass and he can hit hit mm-hmm. anyone on stride. And when he's in a rhythm, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But the problem is he is a you know who he is? I'm going to give you a Detroit 
uh, reference. He's Vinny the Microwave Johnson. When he's hot, he's hot. When he's not, he's not. When he's when yeah. he's not, that's why they got seven running backs in Cleveland because they go, we got to get more running backs because when he's not <laughs> passing well, we only want dinks and dunks and 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 halfback dives. And so, right. That's yeah, I, yeah. I'm with you. Um, our, our top five. You did not have the Seahawks in your top five. Nope, I did. I did not have the Saints in my top five. You did. Tell me why Seattle doesn't belong in my top five, and I'll tell you why the Saints don't belong in your top five. The only thing I would say against Seattle is um, I think they've eaten they've eaten really heavy on bad offenses. I still think that defense is incredibly suspect, um, and they've looked better in the last couple of games, but their last couple of games have not been against offenses that I think you'll be bouncing your grandkids on your knee yeah, talking about. Yeah, but this so. week they get the Giants with probably without Daniel Jones. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to find be out number even one more next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Again, we, you and I hammer this point home an awful lot, but it's, you know, data is great. Numbers are numbers, but you have to actually watch the games. Three weeks ago, my son was telling me the Colts were the number one defense in the NFL. And I was like, you are paying attention to numbers, son. You have not been watching the games because I've been watching the games. And Joe Burrow sliced and diced them for four touchdowns in the first half in a game they had to come back and win. This defense is not as good as the numbers will tell you. And, there, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can factor into that. Seattle sure. had a game that they won. Seattle had a game that they won where they only had like 220 yards of total offense. And I saw a bunch of people on ESPN like, well, they only had 220 yards of total offense. Their defense got three touchdowns inside the other team's 30. Here's how math works. When you only have to go 30 yards, that's less than 90. <laughs> so you have to watch the games. That yeah, would be I my felt argument like, against Seattle. I felt like the Green Bay Colts game, I felt like Green Bay was the better team. Was the better team, and, yep. they, and made and, and they turned the ball over three times in really critical situations. Yeah, you, you know it's funny. So it was thirty-five fourteen at the half with the Titans mm-hmm. Colts, but but remember they scored a touchdown late to, to make it that got the ball back late. Yep. When it was twenty-eight fourteen, I was up there at a local watering hole watching with a buddy of mine, and he said, man, if this game's a blowout going into the fourth quarter, I got some stuff I got to get done. I said, fair enough. I said, but the Packers, who I think are a better team than the Titans, were up 28-14 to 14 at the half on these mm-hmm. same Colts last Sunday, and we saw what happened. I said, so I'm not putting this in the bag yet. But at the time, you could see where they could just do whatever they wanted to do on the ground. The reason why I wouldn't put the Saints in, in my top five, and this is the only reason why, because of the team that I saw this past Sunday and the Sunday prior with mm-hmm. the Drew Breesless team, if Drew Brees somehow doesn't come back from this injury, my concern is you go into the playoffs, you've got two options. You either try to win with defense in a lackluster running game because there is no passing game so they can focus and shut down Kamara, mm-hmm. or – you go cray cray and you throw Jameis Winston in there, and <laughs> and and we're gonna have an exciting ball game. But I don't know if you're gonna win them, right? So it's it's a little bit of what I would have liked to have seen from a standpoint of because I am kind of pulling for the Saints this year. I I'd like to see Drew Brees get it, get a chance to get in the Super Bowl one last time. Not just look, he's won one, so it's got nothing to do with it. It's the fact that they have gotten screwed by the refs 
Okay. So <laughs> totally screwed. So I'd on like several to see occasions. Them, I'd like to see them get, get at least to the NFC championship game and be given a fair shot. I don't know why we want mm-hmm. New Orleans not in the Super Bowl. There's some kind of conspiracy that I don't understand yet. And I'll I'll put on my tinfoil hat down the road about that. But I feel like if this team gets in the playoffs and Drew Brees isn't firing on all cylinders, it concerns me. But my main reason why I don't have him in the, my top five right now is because the team that I saw on Sunday is not going to win any playoff games because they have no Drew Brees. As, as much as people want to put Drew Brees down, they want to remember back in week five, they're like, oh, we got to start the Taysom Hill show. And like, you just be cool because every time we see Taysom Hill come into a game, it is a, it's a quirk. And it's he's yeah. going to run the wildcat on fourth or third and one, and he might drop back. And when he drops back, he's you know he can chuck it deep because the guy's wide open. But I've never been impressed with Taysom Hill as, a, as an every down passer. Same. Just because he went to Air Force doesn't mean that that is an Air Force <laughs> type of offense. <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me go here. See, we're coming up on time, so let me go hit with the turn back time birthdays, and then we'll do our walk-offs. Um, All right. We got so sidetracked, I didn't even get to the last uh, commercial break. I apologize for that. Yeah. Um, I was so pissed off at my buttons. Who the hell knows if this thing's going to hit? Let's see if it works. <laughs> if I could turn back time On this day... In 1948, Stan Musial is awarded the National League MVP. First of all, I find it interesting, what, December 2nd. That's a hell of a lot. I mean, that's almost two months after the season would have ended back in 48. I guess that snail mail took forever. <laughs> I yeah, I was going to say. If you think they had an issue in uh, Atlanta and Nevada, Cat counting ballots i guess i guess i guess they had one guy in a room <laughs> he's trying to organize everything uh but anyways listen to this year and this is not steroid era this is not uh juice ball era stan musial that year sean 365 batting average 135 runs scored 131 rbis love it 230 hits 46 doubles, 18 triples, by the way, 39 home runs, and a 702 slugging percentage. There has not been many years better than that one. Birthdays. There's actually a pretty decent number of birthdays today. today. Famous ones. What Uh, what is she, 47 years old? Monica Sellis. Yugoslavian-born American tennis player, nine-time Grand Grand Slam champion, and she would have had many more, y'all, if it hadn't been for that crazy episode for you kids out there that don't don't know this, don't remember this. She was stabbed in the middle of a match, and not only did it set her back a couple years, I think it mentally set her back about five years. Happy 47th to her. Happy 37th to a guy we were just talking about. Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers! He's 37 years old and still doing Give me the Rodgers right. I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady, by the way. I don't think I don't think Aaron Rodgers has any desire to play till he's 50. 
You know, he's going to put in a couple of more years, and I think Aaron Rodgers has other other interests. So it, embrace him and enjoy him while we can, y'all, because he's not going to play to 45 years old. He's, he's not going to sleep upside down like a bat like Tom Brady does just so he can play 16 football games a year. Um, he's interested in actresses. I know that. And happy 28th. Yeah, happy 28th birthday to your boy Gary Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> see, my boy. What? Because <laughs> he's not mine. Uh, Two-time <laughs> two MLB All-Star catcher for the New York Yankees. 28 years old. And the reason why I bring him up, so every, every day I, I listen to quite a bit of New York radio, Sean, they want him ran out on a shutter. In, in Yankee land. They are so over Gary Sanchez. That's why if they could find a way to make a trade, they would get rid of him and free up potential money down the road to bring in Real Muto. So keep, so keep him in the back. I still think he ends up as a Met, but keep an eye on Gary Sanchez going to the Yankees because Yankee fans, the problem with Gary Sanchez is Reminds me of a buddy of mine that uh, was a big Cardinal fan and hated mm-hmm. Matt Holiday. Now, Matt Holiday was never on this same level, but his whole point with Matt Holiday was Matt Holiday will hit a three run home run for you when you're already up seven to one in the ninth inning. But Matt Holiday won't do nothing when the bases are loaded, there's two outs, and you need a single just, just to tie the game, right? Right. Gary Sanchez is the king of swing. He is either hitting him out of the park or he's striking out. And a lot of people just feel like if they had just a normal catcher, even like a Yadier Molina, that offense would be much more productive because he would at least get on base every once in a while and I'd just swing for the fences. So there you have that. What is your walk-off? He's probably, he's probably after all that, he's probably going to end up as a Tiger. That's <laughs> just absolutely my Gary Sanchez. Don't. They'll give him four years at a hundred million. That's our big free agent splash this year. Uh, Chris Illich, I hate you so much. Anyways, um, is, by the way, is Miguel Cabrera? It, does he still have money on his contract? Is it two, two more, more years. years? Oh my god! Would you like to? Would you like to know the numbers? Because I have them memorized. Sure. Thirty-two million and thirty-five million. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. I knew it was high. Oh, sixty-seven uh, million. I, I have a te- I have a text thread with my two closest friends who we we really only talk to each other during the baseball season, and every year on Bobby Bonilla Day, I mean it's just a free for all. We just start looking up bad contracts to see who has the most years left. I thought his was the worst. It's actually not. Justin Upton still has three years left in Anaheim that are all on the books, and the last year of it's like forty-one million. It, there's some bad at least he's bad productive. contracts out. At least he's somewhat I mean, productive. He, now he that is year, great. Obviously, that's a good point. I mean, that's a lot of money. How much longer is left on Pujols? He's got to be. Oh, uh, this is coming years. This coming years, the last one. He's one year less than Cabrera. Oh, is the he, only reason I know what's that. What's he do? Fifty-eight million. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I don't know what it is. Every, My walk off. Everyone's always got someone going to the Angels. They forget about the Pujols contract, and then of course you're talking about Upton. For, for all the teams crying poverty in Major League Baseball right now, I'm just not hearing it. I'm not. JT Realmuto is going to get paid. Trevor Bauer is going to get like $400 million from the Red Sox probably. George Springer is going to get paid by somebody. Marcus Simeon is going to get paid. All these dudes are going to get paid. 
right? The, it, it's going to be the name, people the in big the middle guys, of the league. It's going to minimum salary guys are going to get phased out for for cheap minor league. Yeah, guys. that's what's going to happen. It's going to it's going to be your mid tier guys that are no yeah. longer going to be making. That's why I thought Drew Smiley was incredible, incredibly uh, great value. Great value. I thought I thought I, th- I thought he was an incredibly uh, smart to take that one year deal from Atlanta. People mm-hmm. were talking about that, that maybe he should have went somewhere for a two or three year deal because he had a good year. He pitched twenty six freaking innings. Let's just calm down about <laughs> him. Him all of a sudden re- rediscovering himself. And <laughs> I mean, I didn't like the I didn't like the signing at all because I, I think he ends up in our bullpen. Like we, we're gonna pay eleven million dollars for a bullpen guy. Um, Who's not who's not a shutdown bullpen guy, but my whole point in this thing is um, if you look at it, you're, the real multos are going to make their money. Yep, the young kids are going to make their money coming off arbitration. It's going to be that middle of the road guy who's going to get squeezed. Yep. The Mark Melansons who are now free agents, but give you another Sean Doolittle. You know, World Sean Series Doolittle. champion with the Nationals. He's on the street, you know, and I, I would you give him three years, 30 million? Nobody's going to do that, but he's going to have to take a one year prove it. He's going to have to take a one year prove it deal for two or, and a half. Or two or maybe two year with lesser than what he expects. Two yep, years. Two year, four and a half. Those year, are the guys six, that are going to get squeezed. He's going to, he's, he's going to wish he got Travis Darnode money. Because Travis Darnold last year signed two years, sixteen million. Everyone thought the Braves were nuts, and now it looks like an incredibly uh, smart move because he was one of the best hitting catchers in baseball last year. He still has a year left, and oh, by the way, they didn't have to pay the full eight million because of the pandemic. So, grant, grant, they didn't make any money because of the pandemic. But, anyways, yep. what what is your yeah, walk Mike, off, Mike? Mike Fires is out there on the street too. Just make sure he's not in your Apple Watch strategy meetings because you know he might take notes. I do not um, think he ends up in Houston. I, I, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> I think that's a good bet. Uh, my walk off is uh, Sheila Fordham. Make the right decision. As, as a lifelong Lions fan, we started the show with Harbaugh. I'm going to end the show with Harbaugh. Harbaugh's not the right decision. Please hire a competent GM, one that's going to going to hire the right coach, and don't care about. Please don't try and make a splashy hire because Detroit isn't New York. The Lions fans are going to come to the games if you win. They, they've always come and shown up whether we've won or lost. For the most part, they'll show up in droves if we win. All we want is a winning coach. That's it. That's my walk-off. My that's, walk- my, that's my Christmas wish. My walk-off is I've been watching a little bit of the college basketball. I just can't get into it right now, man. I It is over-flooded this year, too. Because I guess it's because I don't know what the hell the reason is why now that I think about it, but I don't ever remember this many day games in December. Like they're, they're going wall to wall, these Maui invitationals and whatnot. Um, yeah. They no, normally those took place on Thanksgiving weekend and then you didn't see it for a while. Now right. it's this entire week. It's like that. So Florida state starts their season tonight, eight o'clock on ACC mm. network. I am going to watch that. It's not a formidable opponent, North Florida, but the Ospreys have put a scare in a few people. And the other reason why I'm circling this game is a friend of mine, uh, Raymond Burrow, is going to be on the call for um, the Ospreys, and I believe you'll be able to catch his feed on ESPN+. Plus. I know he's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Nice. 
a few times this year. I don't know if this one, because the ACC Network might have the rights, but uh, congrats to Raymond Burrow for getting the uh, play-by-play. I, I believe he's the play-by-play uh, basketball job at uh, North Florida. He's been doing their their uh, baseball games for, for the last several years. So congratulations to him. All right, brother. Well, we will see you Sunday, Sunday for starting. Man. And we left everyone in the lo- in the lurk, so we have one week to make up to get help them get in the playoffs. So this is week thirteen, and do you have one team that you're thinking, ah, crap? If I don't win and get a whole lot of help, I'm not making the playoffs. Or are you pretty much set? Yeah, in our three leagues, I'm in first place in two. Although the the team that was undefeated that was eight and zero is now suddenly nine and three. So that's not that's not trending in the right direction. Um, and that team's had a lot of injury. I mean, I've lost a lot of dudes to just like to COVID and to like I was out Eckler for like ten weeks and somehow managed to pull out a bunch of wins. Um, I've got a team that I really like that is four and sevens trying to make the playoffs. It's been just the the oddest fantasy year of all time. I'm actually really excited for NBA to start because I I got some fantasy NBA drafts coming up, and even though there's going to be no fans in the stands, I'm I'm just excited to get NBA back in my life because it is it is a hoot for me to watch night in night out. If I can get a team uh, league together, would you be interested in doing like oh, just God, a free? Yes. Uh, I fantasy. My fantasy loves if I'm ranking them. That's not something we've ever done on the show. Like fantasy baseball is my favorite. Fantasy basketball is two. Fantasy football is three. And then I haven't done hockey a lot of times. Like last year is one of the first times I've done hockey because hockey's so weird. Each each Hockey's league incredible. has its own. Each league has its own scoring system, and there's some arbitrary stuff sometimes, like plus minus, which I've is like you it. can get. I've yeah, told, you can I've get told this games. story before. I've I've played four fantasy hockey teams and. My entire life, I've won three of the leagues. I still don't like it. I just <laughs> half the time I don't understand what I'm doing. I'm like, well, that team's doing good, so I ain't touching it. Let's go. <laughs> it's, it's like a rotisserie baseball team that you're like, man, I'm in first place. I'm not touching a damn thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but I like I like how it's going. I just the, the fantasy hockey is just it's awful. I can't get into fantasy basketball unless I know the people. So yeah. I can think of a few people that might play. And so might be a four-team league, but I'll try to get a league together going here. Because uh, if, if I know the people who are in it, I'll pay attention to it. But if it's me against, you know, Yahoo user number 42, I'm not going to really give a <laughs> crap. You know? It's you against you against Brian 04682 underscore 347. That's not a real person. Now, do you typically use a head-to-head scoring system or – do you go off of um, categories with basketball? Usually do head-to-head. Usually do head-to-head category because it mimics an NBA schedule, right? Like you'll have eight categories, and in a week you'll go four and four, three and five, five and three, six and two, depending on how good your team is. But most NBA leagues I've ever played in, especially ESPN ones, are all auctions. I've never seen a standard draft league, which makes perfect sense in the NBA because you want to have an auction. You want to have a salary cap and be able to build a team based on what's available. Because if you so if you go grab So you're not a fan you of Steph the point Curry. system in the NBA? F- fantasy? Um no, I'm a I'm a fan of the point system if it's standard if it's standard head to head. But I, I do like head to head each category, right? Like points is a category, rebounds is a category, assists that's generally the ones that I target um and play in every year. Okay. 
I'll see. I'll see what I can put together over the next few days, and I'll I'll keep you updated. Okay. All right, y'all. See you Sunday. Uh, have Have a great uh, Wednesday. We've got football. Knock on wood as much as you can. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> uh, three forty kickoff. Come on, baby, and then. The big one tonight, <laughs> the tree lighting. I mean, who doesn't get into good old-fashioned tree lighting on national television? All right. All right. Get out of here. It's tree See lighting season. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. If you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that.